0: studios having to cater to a little bit more of that casual brief and like easy to access landscape so those things that make yoga like so wonderful in that they're easy to access also sometimes make people who are looking for a deeper immersion have to find a more specialized environment
1: that was jason crandall Hey, everyone, and welcome to another Yogi Misfit Sessions. My name is Danny Pomploon, and I am your host. Welcome to session 104. Today, I've got Jason Crandall on the show, which I'm super pumped about. Um, Jason um, was one of like my first main teachers Um, when I was living in San Diego and I knew I wanted to kind of dive deeper into the yoga practice. um, Someone had invited me to go to a yoga journal conference. Uh, they don't have him anymore. But anyway, I would taken a class with Jason and Stephanie and then a couple other people, and I really resonated with his style. And uh, he was one of the big reasons why I ended up moving to San Francisco and um, studying, you know, close by him. And I got to learn a lot. He's an incredibly, incredibly smart man, also really funny and really witty. Um, but yeah, I'm super honored to have him uh, on the show today. He's been such a huge influence on how I teach yoga. And um, yeah, it's just really great to have him on the show. Um, Before we get started, uh, I kind of mentioned this last episode, but for all of you listening out there, I launched a yoga app, like the full-on Danny Pomploon yoga app is live. So you can literally take me into your pocket with you. Um, It's available on the iTunes store now and also on the Google store, the Android store anyway. Um, And there's a free version out right now. So there's six classes and there's two courses on there. One of them is about building your arm balances. The other one is about strength and yoga. Uh, but yeah, there's a good plethora of stuff. You can do some mellow flows. You can do like a power flow. Um, you can check it out. And again, it's 100% my gift to you guys. So, uh, yeah, check it out. See if you love it. Uh, tell me about it. Any feedback is always, um, welcomed. Uh, yeah, I totally just appreciate it so, so much. And the last thing that I really wanted to mention, I'm super excited about we just updated our podcast slash support page. Um, so there's actually a place for you guys to go and check it out where all the podcast stuff will be living. Um, the link is down below. It's dannypalmploon.com slash po- or rather slash support. Um, that was really hard for me to say. Um, and you can check it out. Um, as always, the uh, show doesn't happen without your guys' love. Um, we're doing some Patreon stuff right now. We're doing some giveaways on there. Uh, we're asking people to donate to, uh, two to one hundred and eight one on a bringing it all back uh, just to help sustain the show and keep it going. But check it out. Uh, we give you guys a little shout. and It tells you a little more about where the money is going and why it's going there. And, you know, the more you guys support the show, the more awesome content I can put out and the more awesome guests uh, like Jason I can have, uh, you know, on the show and, and just keep everything going. What not. So check it out. Super stoked on it. And uh, yeah, we give you guys a little shout down at the bottom for supporting the show. Uh, there's been a handful of you guys that have been supporting already, and we cannot thank you enough. It takes a village to keep this well-oiled uh, machine going. <laughs> there's a lot of hands in this. Uh, big shout-out to our friends over at SF Yoga Magazine. You guys are phenomenal and awesome, and you rock. And uh, to you listeners out there, you guys are awesome as well. Check out uh, the support page, dannypumploon.com support. Without further ado, here comes session 108 with my guy, Jason Crandall. Jason Crandall, welcome to the podcast. Thanks, Danny. How are you? How's everything I'm, going?
0: I'm doing really well. How
1: about you? Um, um, I'm fighting a little bit of a cold, but I'm, I'm coming out swinging. So Good. yeah, yeah. All right. Yeah, you'll handle it. it. Still trying to do the most, but we all know how that goes. I do. <laughs> so listen um i know you are busy you've got a ton going on you're always you know teaching traveling around programs and all that stuff so it's it's really nice to just uh, spend this time with you and i haven't really spent a lot of time with you in person um you know you have been my teacher for many years but we I, I, I too have been doing the same stuff just traveling around and trying. As, as we say keeping up in the uh, in the yoga world can be a little yeah. challenging and tough so yeah i have the same issues with my teachers yeah. Do you actually still practice with your teachers or like how often
0: do you get well, to I, mean, I haven't with taken class with Richard in probably 10 years. I mean, I okay. read books and they're really influential. Um, Rodney's been a couple years. I mean, it, it used to be easier for me to take their classes when the yoga journal conferences were still around because right. we, then we'd all be in the same time. We'd all be in the same place. Right. But, um, but it's really difficult to do. Rodney's been on the East coast for a long time. He comes back and teaches once a while, but it's really difficult with my schedule, especially with having a family. It's just, it gets tricky.
1: Do you still touch base with them like pretty well and often? Or is it like, is it?
0: No, no, no. I used to touch base with Rodney pretty consistently. Um, even after he moved, but, um, you know, I still think, uh, frequently and fondly of, of both of them and some of my other teachers, but, uh, there's been, um, but it just, we, it hasn't been like an ongoingly active relationship in a while.
1: Right. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. There, there's some, I guess yeah. sometimes where you kind of float in and out as, as needed, or you try to at least keep that connection, you know?
0: Yeah. And those, you know, those both of them, uh, were so important and instrumental to me for such, uh, uh, a formative period of my yoga teacher practice and, and, uh, development that, you know, I, I, I feel like I'm still incredibly inspired by what they shared with me. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it's it, those aren't really active, uh, relationships.
1: I I think, I I mean, I was practicing with you in the city up until like uh, maybe like the last year-ish, you know, I'd try to float in as much as I could. And then as things get, you can't ever take any other yoga teacher's classes because everyone's teaching at the same time. Like literally, it really is. tricky. Yeah. So, but I, I still am practicing with you. It's funny. Cause you're literally a few blocks away from me, The love story is like a half a block away from my house. And yet I still can't see you in person. It doesn't <laughs> matter.
0: You know, I'm only there twice and it's probably your teaching. So, yeah. so it goes. Yeah. 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 So
1: Rodney was like one of your, he was like one of your first teachers, right?
0: Yeah. I mean, you know, a lot of my early development happened pretty quickly. My first teacher was a teacher named Bobby Norris Um, she was actually a pretty instrumental teacher in the Bay Area in the 80s and 90s. Mm -hmm. That was um, at San Francisco State University. So I had one credit hour left to graduate from college. And I took yoga to to get that one credit hour. So she was there. And then I had a couple of other kind of brief teachers that were mostly Ashtanga teachers. And then I came to Rodney, I would say I was Two years into my practice, but I had also been practicing with him uh, via DVDs. Actually, I had been practicing him with him via a VHS. What's a, what's a
1: VHS?
0: You, <laughs> children, you'll never know.
1: Was that like back in the days of CDs? No, I, I totally had both. Before <laughs> <laughs> CDs, man.
0: That's crazy. Uh, but yeah, so I I feel really fortunate that um, such a high caliber I, that I was with such high caliber teachers at such a relatively, uh, young and formative phase of my development.
1: Yeah, for sure. I, un- I understand. I understand. Yeah.
0: You know, I, I,
1: I a couple of things that I wanted to like get into, I mean, I wish I could have hours and hours and hours with you, but you, I've been thinking a lot about recently, and it's interesting to see my, you know, my own growth as a teacher is, is, has changed. It changes all the time, but Where I used to value a lot, like, you know, an hour class and like get it in and like, let's get sweaty and let's get moving. Now I'm like, no, just, I don't know how I did that or, you know, or why I did that for as long as I did until, you know, you don't know until, you know, and, and I'm starting to notice that the trend of making that hour even shorter is like popping up left and right. Really. Yeah, I mean, I, Man, I mean, it's a good
0: thing. I it's a good thing I don't pay. I'm too self absorbed. I don't pay. <laughs> I have no idea that that's true. But yeah, that seems uh, woefully short. Like, I mean, it makes sense. It makes sense. Look, I do shorter than an hour long practices by myself all the time, but those are like little home practices, and and I will. I would never. I'll never underestimate the value of a short home practice. Um, but to gear up, to go all the way to class and have that group experience, um, I think an hour starts to be a, a really minimum duration.
1: Well, it's almost like you're trying to cram everything in and not just, just the physical stuff. But I feel like there's also, you know, this spiritual component It's almost like everything's starting to get slammed into this one hour and then boom, you're out the door, like a pretty little bow gets put on it. And then you're, you know, you're out and you're good.
0: Yeah. You know, one of the things that I see with the contemporary yoga practices, we want it to fill so many different of our individual needs, mm-hmm. right? We want it to move our body. We want it to move our hearts. We want it to move our mind. We want to feel spiritual. And it's difficult to layer in all of those components in any class, let alone a relatively short increment of time, for sure. That's mm-hmm. time.
1: Mm-hmm. What was it like? I mean, I guess back in the day, you know, I remember uh, I was just ch- chatting with you about this, but like one of the things that really stuck out in my training and really with you, um, it was when you talked about like what yoga was like, the classes that you used to go to in the past, it was like two to three hours minimum, you know, and you guys would sit there and like go over stuff and it wasn't, there wasn't music. There wasn't like this, you know, element of this, this and this, and it wasn't necessarily, it was almost, a, you know, classroom setting.
0: Yeah. Uh, yeah. I can go through that. And I, and I'll say, I think there are some real upsides to what I'm going to describe, but, but also I don't want to be, I don't want to be unfair. I think there's a couple of downsides too. So sure, sure, the two things that jump out to me when I think about yoga classes, even just 20 years ago or a little over 20 years ago, uh, is they were much smaller mm-hmm. and they were more specific right? So it was a little bit more like a classroom environment. And just thinking about Rodney's classes at that time, like Rodney had been on uh, Oprah. Rodney was, you know, he was the most commercially known yoga teacher around. And his class was considered packed. There were 45 people in it. That was right. right? Like that was the biggest class around. And that was like Mm -hmm. shockingly big. Right. So the scale has really changed. So pretty much every Tuesday when I would be there every Tuesday or every Wednesday morning, those were kind of the two environments that I went to. Wednesday morning was an invitation only class and it was three hours. And the Tuesday night was a pretty standard 90 minute class. But one of the first things that comes away from me is everyone that was there was the same person that was there last week and the same person that will be there next week. There, Wednesday morning was like, like yoga fight club. <laughs> yeah. There wasn't much turnover, you know? So yeah. like, if you practiced yoga, you pretty much, and, and there weren't as many options, right? So mm-hmm. there were, there weren't as few options. There weren't as many options. There weren't as many practitioners and the environment was, I won't say strict, but it was a little bit more specific. So you really had to want to not just do yoga, but you really had to want to learn yoga a little bit like it's a subject matter, you know? So I think that the kind of the nature of that environment, I don't want to say it was, um, I don't want to say that it wasn't inclusive, but if you were just kind of a casual person that wanted to move and sweat, that's not what you did. You know what I mean? Like it just, it wouldn't, it wouldn't be, um, I don't think that it was the, uh, the right environment, um, and and so as such, I think that the teachers of that era, um, they were working with a smaller crew, and they were working with a consistent crew. So their ability to actually teach certain details and certain techniques and certain postures over time was a little bit easier because it was a more like homogenous yeah. group. In, in that yeah. it was a it was it was just like a a very consistent group of students that were pretty much looking for the same things right right Um, when did it all
1: start to shift
0: well i'm going to give you another example too Of i used to go to ramanan's class uh ramanan patel is uh an older generation teacher but really seminal He, he taught a lot of people uh i'm still teaches a lot of people who are really influential exceptional people and ramanan's class was a teacher's only class and it was three hours and it was um I think it was, I was either once a week or it was once a month. Uh, And it was during the day, you know, earlier you said that it's tough for us to go to the same classes, right? So this class was from, it was from one to four every day. So it was built for teachers and it was in there, it was kind of in the slot between most people's teaching schedule. Um, And the first hour of that was really just, it was just questions and answers. So everyone in that room was pretty much, you had to, for that class, you had to sign up for a whole series. So for 12 weeks, it was the same people. And essentially the first hour were just technical questions or philosophical questions or spiritual questions. And Ramadan would handle those with, uh, with skill and a fair amount of humor. Um, and then there was a two hour pretty active asana practice, not active, like flowy, but active more in, uh, uh, what at that time was a more traditional ayengar experience. So, um, a lot of refinement long and, and relatively long holds.
1: So the, st- the start of the practice was just like, like a kind of open topic or oh, what no, he you no, start? The- topic. All right, you guys, what do you want? What are your questions? Our, so if someone was like, yamas and niyamas and he'd just totally. dive into that or totally. whatever it was. Okay, yeah, cool.
0: Yeah. It was, it was great. It was really great. Like I, I always enjoyed that, but then again, like, that was my subject. You know what I mean? Like there are things I like to go to the gym, but I don't want right. to study running. Yeah, you know what I right. mean? Like that. I don't have a passion yeah. for running. I want to do it to have good cardiovascular shape. Right. right. So I wasn't I, in that era. I think that people were going to yoga for a lot of reasons, um, but you wouldn't be in that room with Ramanand for that period of time. If you just wanted to get flexible and strong. You, you right. were really open to that kind of Q and A and, and you were looking for someone, uh, like Ramanan that's just had a, an incredible amount of experience and an insight. How do we bring that back? Like I would right now, yeah. that's what I like. I mean, I think I, think I would crave that. that, you know, where people get it, Danny, is people get it in their trainings, it's yeah. kind of like, you know, it's difficult. There's a lot of studios that have tried at different times to have like a teacher led class and so forth, but it's, it's really hard to make happen because even if you're sitting there thinking, Oh my God, that sounds good. Then when it's time to do it, you're like, Oh my God, I have to do another thing today. I'm already teaching three classes going to three, different, right. you know? So I think it's just, it's, it's just a challenge with them, with the modern landscape.
1: Hey guys, this episode is supported by Bretton Bush Hot Springs. They're a super cool remote retreat center located in the Oregon Cascade Mountain Range. The thing I love about this retreat center is they have tons of offerings every year. Some of them are based on movement, some are based on meditation, but pretty much anything you're looking for, you can find. The other thing I really, really, really enjoy is that they have tons of trails that connect to the Pacific Coast Trail itself, which is super cool, or Pacific Crest Trail. All their food comes from their farm, so it's local, it's all organic and sourced right then and there. Check out BrettonBush.com. That's B R I E T E N B U S H.com. And now, back to our show. When do you think it changed? And like, more importantly, like, why, why do you think it, it, I mean, I know it's because it obviously got more popular and so it started to pop up everywhere. And so the d- different varieties started to happen, but why did we, I guess, why did it start to change away from that systematic? Like, okay, this is a classroom thing. And now this is more of like a fitness based thing. And now it's just kind of a free for all you do, whatever you want.
0: Well, I think, okay. Um, just, just from my only, only my anecdotal experience. um, mm-hmm more places started offering yoga that catered to people with a much broader set of interests. And so that to me is a very good thing, but it's also one of the things that somewhat changed the landscape, right? So you kind of think about how what, what type of person and what type of lifestyle and what set of interests are going to go to a yoga class for three hours in the middle of the day? And the answer is not many. They're yoga teachers, right? So as more people, as gyms, as health clubs, as every yoga studio started to pop up, I think that the interest in yoga has increased, but people are looking to yoga. Look, there are still many people practicing that same way. But there, because there are so many people practicing in such a diverse environment now, you have a lot of people that, look, they, they one day a week they climb, one day a week they do Barry's boot camp, two days a week they do yoga, and then – 3 days don't forget soul event. cycle. Yeah. <laughs> right. So so I actually think that's a really good thing. But that also somewhat leads to the environment that we have of studios having to cater to a little bit more of that casual, brief and like easy to access landscape. Mm-hmm. So there's things that make yoga like so wonderful in that they're easy to access also sometimes make people who are looking for a deeper immersion have to find a more specialized environment.
1: Do you have any fear in like what, where it's kind of turned to and like how many random things are just like popping up and like, Um, I I mean, yes, yes.
0: I mean, I have insecurity and fear about things all the time, but I feel like I feel like yoga has been continued. I mean, look, yoga is how people practice yoga has always evolved. Like yoga did not used to be a group environment at all. I mean, you can probably like if you were having this conversation with someone, you know, in their 80s that used to practice with um, Krishnamacharya or Desikachar, they'd be saying, well, you guys are crazy. You do yoga in groups. That's when it changed yoga's right. a, a you know what i mean so i think we have to always be generationally careful to like not get too hung up on how things change because it's just so inevitable inevitable um so yeah i get some i get where i get insecure is whether or not the longer format more nuanced kind of content that i teach will still be relevant to a consumer base. But but those are more my fears. I mean, I don't I like that more people are doing yoga. I like that they're having access to it in more environment. Um, I like that yoga is now not just some, you know, for some esoteric mm-hmm. thing, but it's this very pragmatic thing that you could do for an hour a day. Right. Um, but yeah, it, but but are as it, some of the nuance maybe being lost in the shuffle? Yes. So it it's not so much a fear, but it is a, you know, it is a reasonable understanding that um, some stuff gets a little bit lost in translation.
1: I mean, I feel like in my, it, it, you know, and it's same, I can only speak to like where I'm at with it. My interest level, you know, from three years yesterday to today is different, but my interest level from, you know, for instance, being in your training where I was really starting to understand, you know, what I was doing and how I was doing it and, and and putting language behind things that I, I, I thought I understood it to now is like, I You know, whereas an hour class to me a few years ago was like great and it was perfect and it was like hot, sweaty room, let's do this. It's not enough. Like now I want like, you know, at least a good hour and a half and the first few minutes I want to like stop, pause, listen, dial in the next 30 minutes. I want to maybe start to warm up, you know, the next hour I want to start to move, but understand the movements and really be able to methodically think them out. And then, you know, maybe like a sweet, sweet cool down afterwards where I can actually like integrate and mind map exactly, you know, what I did and what my body did. And I'm sure part of it is to do with, you know, my interest level now and what I'm teaching and how I'm teaching it has changed so much that I'm really into the subject. And so, you know, the thought of going to a class, a two, three hour class where someone's like, let's talk about this for a little while, teacher mindset, you know, versus just like, I'm going to go in and do the thing or not. But do you think that it'll ever swing back? I mean, I, you, I mean, you're saying you're saying right now that you're you're afraid people might not dig the nuancey things. I, in fact, I think it's different. I think I, more people are going towards that. I've seen, honestly, with the help of Instagram, I think Instagram has done some good and some not bad. But sure. like, there's so much now where it's people sharing like tutorials and how to do things or whatever have for me, I've seen people come to class and be like, Oh, I saw this on Instagram. Can we work on this? Or, you know, uh, how do we do this pose? And, you know, it's, it's gotten them really curious. Um, so, which is, which is cool because it makes me, you know, it makes me as a teacher, like have to like dive in and then think about what I'm going to do. I think personally that you're in a great spot because I think there's more and more people, not just taking trainings because they want to become teachers, but they really, truly, deeply want, want to, I, I call them the architects of, of yoga. You know, there's, there's the athletes, there's the mystics, and then there's the architects and the architect, like the architect archetype are really, for me, really prominent in classes. And even in discussions that I have with just random, you know, people up and down the street. Do you, do you think that, there's any chance of yoga swinging back into maybe that more like, let's do this as like a thing for a few hours together. You think it's going to be,
0: I mean, in some ways it's in some ways it's here. Right. So I think about it like this. I don't look, Ramadan still teaches those three hour classes. I still teach advanced trainings where it's all day for weeks in a row. People are going on retreat and doing yoga all day. So I think, I think what we have to look at is, the broader context and not just the individual class, right? It's kind of looking at like um, a mutual fund versus an individual stock, right? If we just think about hour-long classes, look, hour-long classes, they're necessary. They're going to serve their role. I'm glad they exist. uh, But they are the most entry-level access point for practicing yoga. And then depending on kind of – where that takes you, you know, if, if a one hour practice to move and breathe and sweat is, is all you want or all you ever want. And it's a complement to other facets of your life. Great. But if doing this practice starts to become, um, like a deeper, more you want to investigate that interest a little bit deeper. Then you're doing workshops. Then you're going to do a series. Then you might go right. all the way into teacher training. So, I think really what we have is we just have more environments, and we don't. I don't. In, in simple answer to your question, no. There's no literally no possible way that shorter classes are going to phase out. And longer phases are going to, classes are going to phase in. It's just, there's no way it's going to happen. Okay. Shorter classes will continue to um, abound. And then people that want to have longer practices will continue to figure out different ways to have longer practices. You know, I I, I feel like, um, you know, this is kind of interesting, right? Because I have taught. God, I've taught on Wednesday night for 21, maybe 22 years at six o'clock. Now the location has changed a few times. And last night was the first time it went from a 90 minute class to a 75 minute class. And they wanted to do that on the schedule, mostly because you, um, our, our our friend and colleague, Yvonne, wanted to start an earlier class. So I'm like, all right, let's do it, man. Starting class at eight o'clock, that's terrible. Yes. Start class at 745, I'll end earlier. So it becomes a little bit my onus shortening that class 15 minutes to make sure that I scale it correctly and make it still feel like a complete yoga experience where I'm not just jamming stuff in, you know, so teachers also have to be able to adapt and not feel like, Oh, I have a shorter period of time. So I got to smash things in. You can still have that time to prepare, to move to get into your focal points and then a little bit of wind down, like you said earlier, to kind of mind map and integrate the work. Um, So yeah, that's, those are my thoughts on that.
1: I know that you said, uh, <laughs> I don't know I just thought about this, but Tuesday, Thursdays, you thought for a while was 75 minutes when it was always on the schedule for 90. Oh,
0: yeah,
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I remember outside, I was like, I ended class early. How huh? You're like, no, I didn't. I was like, like oh, class was so
0: good, bro. You made <laughs> me 90 minutes, I get it done at 75. <laughs> you're not going to pay me less. You wait, you're taking 15 minutes shorter. You're going to pay me less? No? All right, we'll, we'll keep it short.
1: You don't need those, you don't need those 15. You don't need like, Shavasana, bro. You're welcome. <laughs> um, I remember you saying uh, in training too, and so this was a, a, was a, it was a conversation, some, something was a, like timing for different things. Like how long do we warm up and how long do we this and blah, 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 blah. And we had said, what was your preferred timing of of a class? Like, was it, you know, was it an hour? Was it an hour and a half? What, da, 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 da. You said 75 minutes was your sweet spot. And what was your, your
0: your 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 what's your thought process on that? I, I, forgot th- I have said. two sweet spots actually for a drop in class, seventy five minutes. For everything else, two and a half hours. So Why those are kind I? of the two things that I really like because I just really treat those as different things. You know, I'm a technical teacher. I, I teach pretty much the same sequence and the same focal points for an entire month. Um, I talk for a minute or two at the beginning of class, let them know what they're going to do, why they're going to do it, blah, blah, blah. But for me, I just feel like 75 when I am, I'll be totally straight for 70. When I'm teaching a 75 minute class, there is zero fluff. There's no white rice. There's no filler. Every single thing that I do is a hundred percent relevant and necessary. Sometimes in a ninety minute class there's little phases of class. Like there's like I'm at like minute thirty seven and I'm like, oh God, I gotta stuff this in just a little. You know what I mean? Like I gotta right. I gotta put a baked potato in here for five minutes. <laughs> you know what I mean? But <laughs> when it's this great I analogy, feel, by the way. <laughs> yeah, when it's 75, I actually feel a little bit the pressure of the clock where wow. I feel like I can have this. You know, one of my challenges is um, being concise. I'm more likely to kind of over teach. Uh, but in a 75 minute situation, it kind of forces me to be concise. And I think that that's good for me. Um, I also just feel like as a, when I practice at home in my own personal asana practice, that's about what it usually is. Like I don't usually practice for 90 minutes, it's usually somewhere between 45 and 75 minutes. So I just like that increment and then, and then everything else then takes on a totally different character. Uh, right. A workshop is then two and a half hours. That gives me 30 minutes to talk at the beginning, break everything out, do the demonstrations, tell people exactly what I want them to learn and why these things are important. And then it gives us that really like long lead up, that like big body – and then that the slow descent. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I like it. But but that doesn't mean I don't like 90 minutes. I actually don't like 60 minute classes. I never have. Um, I don't, I don't as a teacher, like I don't I feel too pressured. With my style of teaching where I wanna take some time to explain a few things, I just feel too pressured. But that seventy-five feels good to me.
1: Do, would, in your trainings, you know, I don't remember, maybe that shifted now, but do you think uh, like same, I know your practice was probably somewhere around two hours, but when you facilitate the same kind of theory, like you do about two and a half hours and then a little break and then two and a half hour, a little break, or is it, you just kind of go through?
0: Wait, in what situation? What I'm doing? A- and like like a, like a
1: training situation after, like after workshop.
0: Uh, you mean like if I'm teaching an all day training? Yep. Um... It depends. It depends on a bunch of different things. It's just, okay. but yeah, often it's that two and a half hours, then something, then two and a half hours. That that that's often a time that just feels good to me. Three hours is fine, but three hours is a long time, man. It didn't used yeah. to feel like that much of a long time, but <clears throat> again, I feel like i I teach better when I'm in an environment that requires me to be concise. Um, and, and then yet it gives me enough time to do it. So super short doesn't work, but really long and I'm likely to just, uh, I'm likely to just go on.
1: What do you think is going to, I mean, what do you think is going to, what do you think the next thing is, or where do you think these classes are going? Like we're like, you've been doing this for, for a minute, you know, and you've got your, your, your pulse on what you're doing and you've established, you know, the thing really well through even all the changes and and whatnot in yoga. What do you think, like, where do you think we're headed?
0: I don't know. to be honest with you, I don't know. I mean, obviously like more digital content, more shorter, uh, increment content, more like yoga for X, Y, and Z content. So more integration of yoga with spinning, with Pilates, with functional training, with, you know, it's interesting. Like when I, and I, you can see this from, from just seeing bodies. Right. But like when I teach classes in San Francisco at love story yoga, you know, I'm, I honestly, I'm one of the oldest people in that room and when I look at the majority of my students and I see their bodies, I can see that they don't just practice yoga. There's too much tone in the lats. There's too much tone in the deltoids. Like you can just kind of see different bodies. So I, I, I think that a lot of the people, especially that are uh, more millennial and going to class, I think they're climbing. I think they're spinning. I think they're training. I think they're boot camping. You know what I mean? Like they, they just oftentimes I think, I think that the modern yoga practitioner is integrating different physical practices within their discipline. Um, Or at least that that's what, that's what I get from my student base. Um, And so I think we'll just continue to see more of that. And then I think also a little bit of what you refer to earlier is there's also some, you know, it's kind of like um, there's some like, being quiet, long format, and technical is now kind of retro. So there's always kind of that demand too of circling back to something that is less typical. So I think you're right as you refer to it earlier that technique is people are into it. Spending more time, people are into it. People doing restorative and yin practice, people are super into it um, because those are often the environments where – um, they're, they're complimenting. They, they, they seem kind of novel in a way.
1: Right. Right. I know you're doing, uh, you also, I mean, you're practicing yoga, but you also do your BJJ stuff on the side. I do. Yeah. yeah. Those are the two things that you're into.
0: Yeah. And then I'll do, I, I'll go to the gym. Usually like m- most days a week, I try to train jujitsu three days a week. If I do more than that, I'm just too burnout. And, and this, the likelihood of injuries is just too steep. Um, and then two days a week, I also try to do resistance training at the gym. Mm-hmm. Um, that's usually relatively light resistance training. There's not there's not anything that I need in my life at this phase from like heavy weight training, like Get, getting yeah. swole? Yeah. yeah. Well, that would be awesome. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm too tired. I'm too tired from jujitsu, which is super impactful cardio wise. Yeah. So those days are almost like when I go to the gym for that, it's almost like PT. You know, it's almost like I'm just getting in there. I'm strengthening things. I'm not working super hard. I'm doing whole body compound based stuff. My practice has really changed. So my practice I is kind of most evenings. I usually practice most evenings or a little bit in the afternoon. Um, and it's a more it's kind of more mellow and easeful practice than ever because of those other environments. Mm-hmm. Um, and then one or two days a week, I don't really consider it a practice as such, but, um, I have been, uh, climbing with my daughter, which is just, it's a blast. It's a blast to be able to go feel like, uh, there's another thing in my life I'm not good at. Um, <laughs> uh, man. Uh, but it's another way to be physical and, you know, it, Having a kid, finding those, like, sometimes it can be hard directly to relate to someone that's a uh, totally different age, right? So when you're doing something in common, it, it it's this really uh, nice middle ground. So doing that stuff with her is fun. Jason,
1: are you trying to be the cool dad? <laughs> yeah, totally. <laughs> totally. That's awesome. Well, Jason, I I really, I can't say thank you enough for your time. I know you got tons going on, you're busy and yeah, you just, all the things you're, you're, I mean, you've been an inspiration for many years and it's so great to just get to chat with you on the show and and share your insight. And yeah, uh, man, my pleasure. Anytime. It's been such a pleasure having you on the show. Thank you so much, brother. You're welcome, Danny.